When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. It's talking twins time. That's right. It's Monday. Again, Zolgad, Jake DePew as always. Executive producer, busy as he always is, Declan Goff. And um, let's see. Twins won four consecutive against Detroit. Jake DePew going into the break against those hated Tigers. You thought to yourself, oh boy, this is exciting. There there could be something good right around the corner. Um, no, actually, I didn't think that. And then they go to Detroit and play three games, including a doubleheader on Saturday. And they get swept. And there is further news now or information surfacing from various reports about two of their biggest name players in Byron Buxton and Jose Brios. So with your approval, Jake DePew, I'd like to start there. What do you think? Absolutely. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, Friday morning, I believe it was The Athletic or late Thursday night, The Athletic published a uh, Ken Rosenthal story. And Ken is one of the great information men in baseball. So this is correct. It either comes from the Twins or the Byron Buxton camp that the Minnesota Twins are actively trying to sign Byron Buxton to a long-term contract, uh, despite the fact that he is often injured and out right now, that um, there are ongoing talks, it sounds like. It painted a picture of ongoing talks. But if the talks fall apart before the July 30th deadline, or there's just an assessment made that Buxton can't be signed, that Buxton could be traded by the deadline, or in my opinion, and I'm just saying this, more likely to me in the winter after the season. So that was the first one that came out, and I'd like to talk about that, but I will give you, Jake, before turning it over to you, I will give you the Jose Barrios um, story that came out this morning. Phil Miller, Dateline from Detroit, where the Twins were in the Star Tribune. And Barrios and Buxton have one thing in common. They're both going to be free agents after the 2022, so we still have a year season. Um, Jose Barrios made it very clear uh, to Phil, and it looks like Phil talked to him alone, uh, that he is looking forward to the opportunity. This comes as no surprise to explore free agency. And I will give you what really is the key quote from this story. Quote, I will have been waiting six years, almost seven, to get where every player wants to be, a free agent able to maximize our value, Burrell said. So it's different now. We are in a good position, and we'll see what the best deal is going to be. And by the way, it does not sound like there are active talks with the Burrell's camp and the Twins. All right, that's a lot to digest, but the season is a mess. It's gone off the rails. That happened long ago. On these two players... What do you think, Jake DePew, 
is the best approach? And I guess most importantly, what does your gut tell you about what's going to happen here? Well, I think the best approach from a, from the Twins' perspective is to try to sign both of them to an extension. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, it sounds like for sure with Barrios, or at least it's very unlikely. Um, and I totally get where he's coming from. Why would you sign an extension at this point? You know, when you're this close to free agency, especially with the possibility of no season in 2022, um, or at least an abbreviated season, you might might as well just wait it out. Uh, so I think the Twins would have to go um, really above market value to to sign Barrios to an extension. Buxton, to me, is the more interesting. I mean, they're both interesting, but what to offer Byron Buxton is fascinating to me. It's so interesting because, like, you have this guy who's basically Willie Mays right now, you know, uh, in terms of the numbers he's putting up and his defensive value, but he plays in what about a third of the games uh, that the twins have played over the last three years, something like that. It's like 38% or whatever. Uh, so, you, you know, I, personally, I would give him a hundred million. I really would, because I, I think it's so rare to have a player with this level of talent uh, in your organization and that and that can be a game changer on this level and he really can offensively and defensively be a game changer in a way that very few players in the sport have the ability to do so i would risk it it is a huge risk there's no question it's a huge risk with his injury history but i would give him five for a hundred million um i'm what i would first offer him and what i would hope that he would at least consider uh is something uh w- with shorter term uh but a really high uh, average annual value. So something like three for 75. That that would kind of be my starting point if I were the Twins. Now, what do I think is going to happen? What do my spidey senses tell me? Yeah. Uh, I, I think, I still think Barrios is going to be traded. Uh, and I'm in the minority on that opinion, I think. But um, I, I feel like the Twins know that they are not going to sign him to an extension at this point. It sure, or at least it sure seems like that. Um, and so you're basically only giving up one year of Jose Barrios because this year doesn't matter anymore um, to get a bunch of prospects. And as I said last week, I think that Falvey and Levine are still, they, they have enough hubris about pitching that I think they can turn the prospects they get into multiple Barrioses, you know? Uh, so I still think they're going to move him. I don't think that would be the right call. And I think if you're going to retool for 2022 as opposed to rebuild the way that they have said that they're going to do, then keeping Barrios on makes sense. But if they can get back uh, not just prospects, but maybe one pitcher who's already at the MLB level, maybe is in his first or second year and is controllable, then that might make some sense. The other thing I think that we should keep in mind that we haven't really talked about is there's probably going to be expanded playoffs, you know, with this new CBA. Whatever whenever the CBA is finally agreed to, and it, it could be, you know, 2023, but I think we'll probably have seven playoff teams. And so that lowers the bar uh, in terms of what you need to compete and just get in the tournament. Uh, so that could play into things a little bit as well. But mm-hmm. my gut tells me uh, that they're going to move Barrios. Um, I don't know if they'll get an extension with Buxton done. I really don't, uh, but I don't think they'll move him until the off season if they don't get an extension done. So, I don't know. What are, you, what are your thoughts? On Barrios, I think if you – I think the price of poker is pretty simple. Like, you know, I think the Zach Wheeler contract is a starting point now. I, I think this guy's going to be going to want to be paid, and I've been saying this for a while, like a 2022 ace. Um, so you can say all you want about, well, look at – I mean, look, he's really not an ace, and we can we can agree to disagree, or hell, we can agree. But this is a guy who I don't think feels any real, and 
this is not a criticism. Any real allegiance to the Twins? I don't think he does. Yeah. I don't. I don't think he thinks, and this is correct, that the manager really trusts him because he treats him like a third starter. Like he'll just go yank him out of games. That Astros game, if you're a competitor, should have driven you crazy. That Astros playoff game should have you. I would have been throwing garbage cans, not banging on garbage cans, but throwing garbage cans. That would have <laughs> pissed me off beyond belief. And Barrios, right or wrong, has always sort of, I think, had a perception that the Twins are sort of cheap. And so, if the Twins are not going to come to him with an absolute home run contract, um, which, by the way, I would consider. So I'm with you here. I'm with you. He is your best pitcher. And I know you didn't develop him, but until you show me that you can develop guys, he's what you got. Uh, but but if you're going to say we can't pay him, then I think you trade him by July 30th because, and Jake, I can't, you're, you're in mentioning it exactly right. You can't assume that you know when or if 2022 is going to start. And the one thing I can tell you that's going to, if it doesn't start, What's going to happen is at the end, one of the final agreements is is that you can't have told a contract. And so Jose Barrios is literally going to, um, there's a potential, not play his way into being a free agent. And at that point, you lose him, you lose all control. So, with, and teams are paid to think worst case. I mean, that's the right. thing too. They're not paid to think, but if we start next season, no, either you pay him now or he or he's going to walk. So, on Barrios, I'm all for keeping him. I don't think that that they will. This is one reason why I'd be very tempted to make calls though on Josh Donaldson and almost give him away if I can get some of that money to use on like a Barrios contract. Um if if I don't have to pay another team to take Josh, which if I take a really low-level prospect, I can probably dump a lot of that salary. So that's the first one. On Buxton, five years, one hundred million should have been the starting point. the The most disturbing thing about the Rosenthal report was not the potential consequences; it was the starting offer, which was referenced. And this obviously came probably from the Buxton camp. The Aaron yep. Hicks seven year. It said it would be north of what Hicks got, which was seven years. I think seventy million dollars. Okay, that's not a starting point for. Buxton, I I know he's hurt, and I know it sucks. But Byron Buxton, you already screwed him two years ago, or three years ago on service time. And as you said, Jake, and you're right, when he can play, he's been Willie Mays this season. And you're starting him with an Aaron Hicks comp? Um, That, to me, is an invitation for him to say, okay, screw it. I'll walk. And... This will be the closest that we will get for all we complain about this and worry and fret and get gray hairs. This will be the closest cop the twins will have to the whole Ortiz. Oh my God, he could be great. Absolutely. So that's yep. why, but I hate the fact that they started negotiations like they did. Like I'm not saying that you pay him Mike Trout money, but I am saying that, Really, the comp you picked was Aaron Hicks. I don't like that. And here's the other thing with with Buxton. So it makes logical sense for the Twins to offer him something. I'm just throwing this out there, but like four for seventy or four for eighty, and then have a bunch of incentives based on games played because of his injury history. 
But and I tweeted this a few days ago. The problem with that is if you're Buxton, why would you trust the twins to to play that out fairly and honestly after they manipulated your service time you in 2018, right? So like you could very easily see a scenario where he has these huge incentives based on games played, right? And and they're sitting him or they're putting him on the IL when he says he's fine, and that could lead to a ton of animosity between the player and the team. And and I just don't think he would agree to that in the first place because of what they did to him in 2018. And so that's one of the reasons why that was a bad move. You know, like you can say that was a good move long-term because they get the extra year. I would argue that's a bad move because, yeah. And and Buxton still hasn't, he's still upset about that, I think. Um, And and so, you know, they, they made their own bet on that, you know? And so I think they're going to have to offer him, I think they're going to have to go above and beyond what they're comfortable with to get him because of, in part because of that animosity. And because I think he feels like, if he makes it to free agency and is healthy, he's going to get a huge payday, right? So I don't know. I mean, I, I I would love to see them lock him up, and I think it's worth the risk. And if he ends up being hurt over the course of that contract, you know, that could potentially take down, you know, those years because, you know, you're not going to have a lot of money to give out to free agents. But it's just he's such a unique player, mm-hmm. and it's so rare for this organization to have somebody like that. I'm willing to put – all of my eggs in the, in the Buxton basket and, and, and hope, you know, because I just, you can't, I think, I think it was Phil that tweeted out a few days ago. Like we're always worried about David Ortiz or whatever. Byron Buxton, that's a legitimate worry with him, right? right? That he goes to the Mets or somebody else yes. and becomes that. He could be the one. You know, he mm-hmm. could be the one. And he's still what only 27, 28. Mm-hmm. So if you give him four or five years, uh, you're getting him through the rest of his prime. And even if he loses that speed in a couple of years, he's proven that he can, be an elite hitter, you know? So like he may not be that platinum glove center fielder when he's 32, but if he's still hitting for power, the way he, uh, the way he has the past couple of years, he's still a great player. So I just, if you, if you have to choose, well, let me ask you guys this. You have to choose between Buxton and Barrios, right? And let's say it's both in the five for 100 neighborhood. Who do you pick? For me, it's Buxton for sure. What do you guys think? Yeah, I have to go Buxton. I just have to go Buxton. I, I think he makes too much of an impact when on the field and when he's healthy. And even though this team doesn't have any pitching right now, um, if I sold Jose Barrios, I know I'm going to get two top 100 prospects and hopefully someone that can step in pretty soon and, and help my rotation. So I would go Buxton. I would I would lean Buxton. I, I'd go Buxton, but I also would say this. Jim Polad, a week ago on Sunday, I believe, on the TRN, Twins Radio Network essentially said, we can sign them both. And my question would be, why can't you? Why not? What's stopping you? Um, these are two uniquely talented players that, and, and the Buxton thing is, is too. Um, now, I don't think he, I do not think under any circumstance he gets traded before the deadline. Like, I just don't see it. He's hurt. Uh, I don't think it makes sense. But if we're, moving at the route that we're going at right now and Barrios is traded by July 30th and then Buxton is traded in, you know, take your pick, December or something or November. What's your message at that point? Like, like what's your, what are you telling people at that point? And, And by the way, then I have to trust that you're right on player development, especially pitching wise. And so far you've shown me almost nothing. Yeah, and, and so, I mean, so it, yeah, I, a lot of a lot of people who might buy tickets at that point in time can't be blamed for checking out. Yeah, I mean, if if 
if Byron Buxton and Jose Barrios are both not on this roster in opening day 2022, whenever that opening day is, uh, then you're sending a message that this is a rebuild, not a retool. And all the messaging we're hearing from the Twins right now is retool. Yeah. Falvey was just on MLB Network. I just saw it on Twitter right before this podcast saying, you know, we still believe in the roster, using the term retool over and over, right? So, like, uh, that that's what we're hearing now. But if those two guys aren't on the roster and they don't get legitimate MLB-ready talent back, uh, then it's clearly a, a major rebuild. And that's not where Falvey and Levine want to be. Their whole goal in this, and, I'm, and they obviously haven't accomplished that because look at this year, but their whole goal in this is to be consistently competitive every year, to give themselves a chance. You get rid of your, your best pitcher and your best position player, uh, that's not going it, you know, in, the, in that direction at all. So... And the other and the other question that that we've been asking for the last couple of months on this podcast is, do you trust them to get back the type of prospects to, to correctly evaluate the type of pros, you, you know, the, the prospects uh, that they need to, to rebuild quickly because they haven't shown an ability to do that? You know, and they have it's not just that they have a scouting problem, in my view, they have a self scouting problem. They haven't correctly evaluated their own players in their own organization which is really a huge problem because these are the guys that you see every day and you're getting reports on every day. And you just go down the list from Akil Badu to Nick Anderson to trading away Ryan Presley, Waskari Noah, uh, Lamont Way, Tyler Wells, who's having a really good year in Baltimore. They didn't add to the 40-man. Zach Littell, a guy named Luis Gill, who they traded for Jake Cave back in 2018, is now on the Yankees' 40-man roster. He's putting up great numbers as a, a starting pitcher in AA and now in AAA. Like, the list goes on and on. Uh, and so you really have to question whether they would get back the, the guys that uh, that they want to get back and whether they did develop them correctly. Let's get back to Akil Badu, because I got yeah. a question there. Okay. And Jake, you, you follow the minor league teams for the Twins a lot more closely than I do. So how do you, when all he has to do is be protected on the 40-man, so this is 40-man roster. How do you make this mistake um, when I believe you protected a guy, if I'm correct, like Astadio? Um, you protected guys that were okay, but probably wouldn't be claimed. I don't understand. How how does a guy like that with any, I mean, technically nobody with upside should fall through that crack unless you've given up on them, which I don't think they had. I think they thought to themselves, we just don't have room. It's very confounding to me. Yeah, when you watch him play, I mean, this is a guy with power. I mean, he's he is absolutely just torn it up against the Twins this season. But he's a guy with power and speed. He plays a good center field. You talk about Buxton Insurance, right? You you talked a lot about Jackie Bradley Jr. in the offseason. Buxton Insurance. Akil Badu could have been that guy. He could have been a fourth outfielder on this team, even if he started in the minors, right? He could have ended up being a fourth outfielder on this team by May or so and stepped right in for Buxton uh, in center field when Buxton went down. He could have been that Jackie Bradley Jr. Um, and so, you know, he was hurt. He got hurt and I believe, 2019, and, and so they were probably looking at him and saying, well, he didn't play much in 2019. He didn't play at all in 2020. But you have to know his skill set. You have to know this is a guy with speed and power uh, who – who can play a strong center field. Like you don't give up on those types of guys, especially when you just have to add them to the 40 man. This is not a fringe reliever, you know, as much as I've written right. for Nick, Nick Anderson, and that was a horrible move. Mm -hmm. He's a reliever. 
And, and there's more volatility there. And I get that. It was still a terrible move to not add him. And I said that at the time. But with Badu, I mean, this is a center fielder who, you know, who's, who's incredibly athletic and, and gifted. And I, it, it just, that blows my mind. And so that tells me that they have a self-scouting problem, that the evaluations that they're getting from their minor league people are not correct, at least in the case of Badu and, and certainly others as well, like, uh, like Waskari Noah and Tyler Wells, you know? Um, so th- this is something that they need to fix at, on an organization-wide level, you know? Uh, and it, obviously it starts at the top with Falvey and Levine, but they've got tons of evaluators looking at these guys and providing reports. And um, I just don't understand how you could look at a guy like Badu and say he doesn't deserve a 40-man spot when a lot of these fringe relievers that they've added, you know, throughout the offseason, like Ian Hamilton and guys like that, exactly. how you could give them a spot. Yes, like, I mean, you're giving guys that are journeymen at times a spot, and, and okay, I think it's fine to sign them, but don't worry about where they are as far as, are, are they on our 40-man so they can't get claimed or something? Who cares? Yeah, that's, it's just, it's. I think the most eye-opening thing is people that I perceive to be pretty smart, um, are having the problem you're talking about, which is self-evaluation of your own team, which might be the most important thing possible. Because, I mean, you've got them. Now you got to decide who to keep. There's nothing more important than that. That's how you build your team. And and if it was just one guy, I'd be like, okay, that too bad, but it happens. But it's not one guy. It's what you're talking about, which is more and more this trend of guys leaving. And then it's like, could have used him. And instead you've got, you know, Jake Cave, God bless him. Um, well, and, and just real quick, yeah. I was what you know watching the All Star game on Tuesday, and you see Kyle Gibson in there, and it's like, look, we we watched Gibson for years, right? We watched him nibble, we watched him be inconsistent, uh, but clearly the the Rangers have unlocked something in him that that the Twins and Wes Johnson uh, weren't able to unlock, yep. you know. And so you have to also ask yourself, what is it that these other organizations are are able to do that we're not? Because you saw that with Presley when he was traded. And you're seeing it with Kyle Gibson. Now, we saw Kyle Gibson have good halves in the past. He, he had a few really good halves. So maybe that's what this is. But still, when you see him out there in the All-Star game, he's like second in the league in ERA. You have to wonder, like, why wasn't Wes Johnson able to unlock this? Why didn't the Twins see this? Because uh, they didn't. They had no interest in retaining him. No, hell after no. After 2019. No. You know? No. And they, so, yeah, they didn't come close to unlocking anything with Kyle Gibson. Right, right. And so I just, you know, the league is just, scattered with with these guys who have left the organization and excelled and, and it's just a bad look it's a bad look for the front office hot twins take i think west johnson's in trouble i think he might well, be the fall i think he might be the fall guy uh because he he was he was 1000 percent you know college guy flavor of the year right oh look at what he can do let's look at let's look at more guys like west johnson to have this many pitchers not develop, and I mean, it's getting to be across the board pretty bad. I think, I just, I I have to think that there is going to be a fall guy for a team that's this bad and disappointing. Like, I can't believe everybody escapes fine. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if if the hitting coach and the pitching coach are in trouble. Well, there's precedent. I mean, they they fired Garvin Elston after one year yes. uh, in 2018 when the, when the pitching wasn't up to par, so... You know, I mean, their pitching was good in 2019 and 2020. So Johnson does have that on his resume, but it's been so bad this year. Right. What are they like? I think they're like second to last in team ERA. It's something like that. And it's been bad across um, the board too much, too. Like there's no one right. area where you're like, but that's okay. Nothing, nothing. And I mean, there's really nobody to point to in terms of, of development, you know, uh, uh, other than Taylor Rogers, but he's been in the system for years. So 
it's impossible to know whether Wes Johnson is at fault or not. But when you talk about a fall guy, like a lot of teams will fire their hitting coach or whatever. Mm-hmm. If if they're going to fire somebody to to send a message that this is not okay, Johnson would be the obvious candidate, whether that's justified or not, because the pitching has been so bad. Um, and again, they did it with Garvin Alston. So maybe they'll do it with him as well. You know, it, it's just, they have the fact that they hired Wes Johnson from at all from college. I thought was a really creative move, uh, but it also suggests, you know, that that maybe they think they know something that that other teams don't, and they're able to pick these guys out of these kind of. He was like the pitching coach at Arkansas, I think. Yeah. Right. Um, and 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 I just wonder if uh, maybe they got a little bit too creative there and it backfired. I, this is all speculation. I have no idea, but um, that makes me think that maybe they'll stick with him. Because they, they do have a tendency to stick with their guys, as probably all front offices do. Um, so we'll see. But it, the pitching it, it has been a complete disaster, just a complete disaster. Uh, and I think I, I saw a Wes Johnson quote where he said, like, he's shocked by it or whatever. And it's like, well, you know, okay, you're the pitching coach. Well, might be, so like, yeah, but that's worse. The fact you're shocked right. is worse. You're supposed to know what's right. going on here, Wes. I just feel like somebody has to pay the price, has to pay some price here. Uh, because this isn't like disappointing. If this was, uh, oh, they're a third place team. That's, I didn't see that coming. They're a last place team right now. They're awful. Like, I just don't see how you escape. How do you tell the fan base? Just be patient. We'll be back next year after what amounts to a potential 100 loss season. So I think somebody's got to go. And Rocco's yes. not going. And Rocco's not going. So I think somebody probably think has so? to go. No. You don't think that's a possibility? I don't think it is. I, I don't think it is. I think he's on a. I think he he's now on a warm to hot seat beginning 2022. But I don't see any way that to me that would be where Falvey and Levine couldn't swallow that hard. Like I think on Wes Johnson, it would hurt their pride a little bit. But but I could also see offering him up to the masses as well. This didn't work out so well. You fire Baldelli, which I mean, there you could make the case. For sure, as we've talked about, but I don't think their egos could take saying the manager who led us to back-to-back titles and that we we handpicked to be our guy. And by the way, you know, let's keep in mind is carrying out the vision and the mission of Falvey right. and Levine. This is not a hey Rocco, you're our manager. Write the lineup card and go get them. This is a we all work in sync. I mean, for all we know, they're they have at times texted him in the dugout. I don't know, uh, but I think it would take a lot for them. That would be really hard for them to go to Jim Polad and Dave St. Peter and be like, we're going to blow him out. The Meadows at Mystic Lake is hosting the 2021 Land of Lakes Legends Classic August 6th and 7th. See some of the greatest names in the history of women's golf as they compete in the inaugural Land of Lakes Legends Classic presented by the Meadows at Mystic Lake. The legends of the LPGA Tour is known for its fan-friendly environment with lots of opportunities for autographs, limited roping, and photo ops after the rounds. To learn more about the August 6th and 7th event, stop in or visit GolfTheMeadows.com. That's GolfTheMeadows.com. Owned and operated by the Shakopee Minwakanton Sioux community if he was an independent if he was working independently i think there's a chance but he's not and we know that he's carrying out what they want him to carry out and it's been an unmitigated disaster as Stephen a smith likes to say yes and and you know my my point with Baldelli was going to be that while well, they fired paul molitor uh right after he won manager of the year but that wasn't their guy that wasn't their they guy they were chomping so, the bit to fire paul yeah and they and they had to give him that three-year contract after he won manager of the year. I don't think they probably wanted to do that, but 
they felt like they had no choice. Um, but you're right. I mean, Baldelli is in lockstep with these guys, and he's carrying out, I think, exactly what they want uh, to, to, you know, to be executed on the field. And um, so if, if that is true, if he is sort of, if they're the puppet masters, as Declan said, you know, and he's just sort of their puppet. And I, I don't, you know, I, I tend to agree with Declan there, but I don't know the inner workings of the twins. But um, if that's what's happening, then why would they fire him, right? They, if they just right. want somebody in there who well, will do it, who will put the lineup exactly how they want it and, you know, and if they Shit, fire, exactly. if they fire a guy who they're basically getting to do what they want to do, they're they're essentially telling the people who pay their salaries, we're firing the guy that's doing the guy that's doing the job that we told him to do exactly how we told him to do it. So you're essentially saying we next. If you fire Wes Johnson, you're distancing yourself a little. You're you know taking a little bit a little bit of a step back from uh, that didn't work out like we thought. So I just I don't the more this team plays like they did in Detroit, which by the way, they cashed it into. Congratulations. You're the only team I saw to keep the all-star break going. Uh, because they they didn't show up. Like they've clearly they have far too many players now who have decided we're going golfing mentally. We're done. Um because you don't play you don't do what they did without being checked out. It that was bad. It was really bad. And and when you have players openly arguing with each other during the game. Like I, I very rarely seen that. Who side uh, you on here? Donaldson or <clears throat> Arises? You know what? I, I think I, I love Arise. He's he, he he might be my favorite player other than Buxton to watch on that team. But I actually see where Donaldson was coming from on that. I, agree. The, I, I went back and looked at that a number of times. You know, Arise had his back turned to home plate and was just kind of standing, you know, a step off second base and the pitcher was like ready to pitch. You know, um, and so I understand, you know, it, it, I could see how that could be a distraction. And then he sort of turned around, Arise sort of turned around and realized, oh, crap, mm-hmm. the pitcher's about to throw the pitch and like, and like d- kind of darted off second base. And that's right when Donaldson called time. Uh, so I actually, I think I'm with Donaldson on that one. Uh, but regardless, and I want to get both of your, your takes on, on where you come out on this, but regardless of whose side you're on, that those types of things don't happen with a well-functioning ball club. Guys are not fighting, literally yelling at each other during the game on the field. Like, that is a bad look. And then they're fighting in the dugout. And by the way, where was Rocco in that? You know, shouldn't Rocco be That's mediating? The well, and there's no, uh, and Rocco doesn't want any part of that, which is part of his job. Yeah. Right, exactly. So that's exactly. part I mean, of the you had Nelson, you had you had Nelson Cruz sitting there moderating the the argument, and I think they know? told him to go back down into the tunnel to hash it out. Because, and I think so. So Morneau's characterization of what he thought happened was that Donaldson was upset that Arise didn't have the proper lead at that point in time. I don't think yeah. that's it. I think Donaldson is so anal at the plate he doesn't want a guy essentially screwing around in his uh, in his field a vision area. And I think Donaldson, like the guy was set to pitch Donaldson, I think is a very locked in dude. I mean, we know he's beyond intense and arise is like turned around and looking. And I don't, I mean, arise was trying to judge where the outfielders were. So it's not like he was screwing around. Um, but I'm with you. I'm on Josh's side. And I think Donaldson was basically saying, dude, when I'm at the plate, I don't want you as the pitcher's about to pitch surveying the outfielders. I need you to be probably not only with the proper lead, but if he has the proper lead, I think he's out of Donaldson's sight line too. Cause he was right behind the pitcher. Yeah. I, I side more with Donaldson just cause yeah, he's a veteran and I know he's a fiery dude and you can, you can come off as obviously being a butthole, but I, I typically tend to lean on his side 
I know those conversations, those are happening. Like, I'm glad those conversations happen. To Jake's point, it probably shouldn't have to happen if you have a nice functioning clubhouse. And we've been kind of speculating that that clubhouse, there, there's just something has been off on it basically since the beginning of the season. Um, I still lean more towards Josh and Arise being still a younger player. And I don't mean to have, you know, it's not like you have to fall into the guard of, well, he's a young guy and Josh is a veteran and you have to follow and you have to lead by exactly what Josh is telling you. I tend to lead that Donaldson knows what he's talking about in those situations. And Arise probably also didn't handle it in the best way. Rocco not being there to me is the worst part. He's got to be there. He's got to know what's going I mean, it, it's just his whole look when they're good, the whole live and let live and you screw up is it works in this case, it doesn't work. So that's it's my just, opinion. yeah. And when you have, when you have a rise out there standing at second base with his arms outstretched, like, come on, man, like what, what's the problem? And Donaldson's yelling at, it. I mean, this just, I, I don't know what's going on in that clubhouse and none of us do uh, because we don't have access, but like, there's gotta be some, serious friction in there right i mean just the way that they're playing and, and these types of things that are happening and and rocco just I, he, I don't know that he's checked out i'm not saying he's checked out because i i think he cares a lot but like uh he should be there he should be involved in that uh, did he even comment on it post game I, I didn't i didn't watch i did not i did not watch it i don't know but yeah, yeah it's a yeah. It, it's gonna get worse too because this weekend gave me the feeling that certain players really have just detached. They're like, all-star break's done and we suck, and they're exactly right about that. And so guys like Donaldson, to their credit, aren't going to take that well. And so there's going to be more friction now, I think, between probably the few guys that are still engaged and have a lot of pride and the guys who are like, well, we were supposed to be good and we're not. And, I mean, that's a people thing. That's how people are. There's going to be people who just basically say, I'm done here. We stink. We got to play these games, what, 70 or something like that left. But, you know, the lack of focus in that series against the Tigers, and we saw it again yesterday, is a huge red flag. And that's something that only really the manager can try and control. And I don't think Rocco is real good at controlling that. So it's going to be a very, it's going to be a very intriguing end of the season to see how these personalities mesh as we uh, as we run through what is going to be probably a miserable couple months. All right, real, real quick, let, let's do a quick yes or no with you guys. I'm going to give you five names. Yes or no, they're going to get traded. Let's start with Donaldson. No. Yes or no? I, no. No, because they won't do what they should do. No. Yeah, unfortunately. <clears throat> uh, Burrios. Yes. I think yes. No. So, so I'll say yes on Barrios, no on Donaldson. By the way, I agree uh, they should trade him if they're not going to sign him. I don't. I I now have lost all trust. Yeah, Taylor Rogers. No, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know if they trust. I would like it to do it, but I don't think they will. No, he's the one I want them to trade. I think maybe even the most they should, but no, yeah. they, they they should trade him. They won't trade him. I agree. I don't think they'll trade him either. Uh, Tyler Duffy. We haven't talked about Duffy at all. He's been pretty good. He's in the same contractual situation as Rogers. I guess. Ooh. Um, I, I, I say yes, just because he's, he's fallen off a little bit and you can probably still get something for him. I just don't know the suitors that would be out there for him. I'll say no. It's an unknown because they try to get too much and they wouldn't get it. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say yes on Duffy. I think they're gonna move him. I don't think they'll get that much for him, but uh, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna move him. All right, all right. One more. 
let's go with the big one. But this one is for not just July 30th, but through the offseason. Byron Buxton, will he get traded between now and opening day 2022? Yes or no? Dex? I'm going to go with no. I think they'll find it, it's tough, but I think they'll find the common ground and lock him up to a deal this winter. I think it happens. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with no. Unfortunately, I'm going to go with yes. Wow. Wow. But, See, but not by July 30th. So the winter they'll trade him. Man, I, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with no. I would be massively disappointed if they traded him. Massively disappointed. But, I, I think he's going to tell them that he wants out. I think he's going to say, I really don't trust you guys. I need a fresh start. Uh, right or wrong, it'd be easy to convince yourself that wearing a new jersey might change your luck a little bit. Um, I think he'd love to go to like Atlanta or something like that. I'm, I'm going to say yes. I don't want it, but I'm going to say yes. Yeah, I I mean, it's it's certainly a possibility. George but that would just be, It would be so disappointing. Yeah, you're right. He, I, I'm sure he would love to go to Atlanta. So, Absolutely. All right, sir. We're done. We'll talk to you next Monday, okay? All right, guys. Thank you. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. The Venture X Card from Capital One gives you more of what you love, like premium travel benefits and access to Taylor Swift tickets. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and ten times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. Plus, get access to Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, presented by Capital One. Maybe I'll see you there. The Venture X Card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.